online. I don't know what's going on over there. This is our first live. Like, Tracy's running the show. Erin is in the background, making sure that she runs the show well. Two new things. First of all, we're going live. This is a big deal. And I got a new hair color. So lots of new things today. And the reason for the new hair color is, is my hairdresser, Jolene, she no liked the blonde at all. So Jolene. Jolene, 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 Jolene. She don't like it, but she gets what she wants. Jolene, oh, Jolene, my. Jolene, Jolene. Jolene, Jolene. Oh my word. Okay, when you go live, anything's possible. Oh my gosh, she goes, you're welcome. That sounds like Tom. So Jolene, listen, I, she told me, she goes, I don't like the blonde. It looks green when you're, on, um, when you're on the screen. And so, although, listen, it depends on what you're looking at. Her phone was green. We have three uh, screens in here. They did not look green. But she has the scissors. She has the razor blades. And I'm sitting in her chair. So guess what? She colored my hair. So it's not going to be green anymore. A um, couple things. It, you know, one thing I'm going to have to get used to if we do continue to go live is we don't get to back up the time, which we do sometimes. So no backing up the time. And now I get to read, if you're on Rumble, I get to read your responses. So if you're on, you're on Rumble, then we get to interact. That's also pretty cool. So a couple things. The week of Mother's Day, um, we are going to be uh, going to Pennsylvania for the Radiance Conference at Revival Today. I would strongly advise if you live in the area or you're close by, or maybe not, I don't know, fly. It's going to be one heck of a great ladies' conference. Super blessed they're letting me come and speak at it. I don't know. I get a morning session. I know that. That's about it. Let me see. I'm looking at the I – guess, I guess I speak Friday morning based on this because I can promise you I don't get to speak Saturday morning. That's probably for a heavy hitter. I'm not the heavy hitter. But I get to do the Q&A, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, I don't, I'm asking the questions. I'm not going to be answering them. They're probably pretty happy about that too. So, um, so Radiance Conference, get there if you're a woman. I know i got a lot of men watching this. You are not allowed. Even if you identify as trans that weekend, you're not going, okay? They'll have security at the door. Um, let's see. Uh, the next thing is, is seriously really uh, make a point to watch our um, podcast that week. We have some, we have a really great guest that'll be there on, on Wednesday. Um, I think it's going to be really good for men and women uh, to hear this guest speaker. She's, I think she's going to offer a lot for, um, I don't want to get, I'm not going to even talk about it. Just, just watch it because I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give it away what she's going to talk about. Um, and then uh, Friday, I have the team. They're going to come, and they're going to – I'm going to ask them some questions, and they're going to answer them. I think uh, my mom's not part of the team, but my mom will be here. Uh, so you'll get to know her because um, I'm going to honor her because it's Mother's Day. I got Norma, my daughter. Uh, 
because she's my daughter, um, but she's a part of the team. Then Heather's going to come, and you're going to get to know her, Tracy and Talia. So it'll be a fun uh, fun time for everybody. Get to know who's on the team and what they do, but uh, more importantly, a little bit about their mothers and um, just honoring moms that week, okay? So is that it? Do I think I think that's good, right? We're good? Everybody's telling me we're good? Let's go to our first question. Um now listen, people, now that you're live, I don't want to hear that you don't like my answer. I don't want I don't want any arguing. Okay? I see on Tom's podcast, like you guys, not you guys that are watching here, people get on there and they argue, fuss and fight because they don't like maybe something that was said or that somebody doesn't agree with him, so now they all start arguing with each other sometimes on the different platforms. I don't like that. So we're not going to do that. So if you don't like my answer, just, I don't know, tune me out. I don't know. And if this goes well, then we're going to just go live, I think, from now on. Tracy's saying yes. So we're going to do it. First question. This is a three-part question. Question reference the gift of speaking in tongues. So... I'm going to have to go back to this. Uh, I don't like your answer. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. <laughs> I know you. I will find you. Um, so uh, let's see. So what's going to happen is um, as we answer these questions, I might have to go back um, so that you understand. It said, if you had the gift. So this is, we're talking about speaking in tongues. Um, which seems like for the last, I don't know, last three um, podcasts, it's gone back to tongues. And again, I say, I really like that people have questions about it because that means you guys are seeking it. You're trying to figure it out. What what part does it play? Do you believe in it? Um, some people are getting frustrated because they're not receiving it. Um, just trying to find the answers. But I tell you that not just asking me this question, but I say dig into the word. Acts is very clear. If you listen to Paul, Paul clearly talks about speaking in tongues and things like that. Um, So just uh, seek the word out. More so than just me, because I'm a person. But the word will penetrate the heart and the seed will grow. And I'll use scripture, but at the end of the day, it's the word. I mean, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You will be more confident in what the word has to say about whatever you're trying to figure out versus me. Okay? So, um, but still tune into the podcast because I still have stuff to say. So, if you had a gift, can you lose it? And if so, how or why? In 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 30, I interpret it to mean that Everyone doesn't receive the gift of tongues, but can have other gifts. Do you feel it is necessary for all to pray for the gift of tongues, even though it might not be their gift? Or is it a gift given to a person by the Holy Spirit? So we're going to look at scripture. 1 Corinthians 12, 20 through 30 says, Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret. Okay, so this this particular scripture is not talking, I believe what you're asking is is about your personal prayer language, speaking in tongues. Um, 
Hi, Steffi. I love you too. Um, so here's the thing. This particular scripture, this is talking about the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healings and miracles and teachers. That is specifically for the body, the church. Your personal prayer language is totally different than that gift. That gift is if, is if somebody speaks in tongues for the body um, during a church service or during a Bible study, they start speaking in tongues. It used to happen, and it was very common um, when churches really flowed in the Holy Spirit. You would hear people speak in tongues, and then there would be an interpretation of the tongue or, or, or a prophetic word about the tongue. So, um, and unless the tongue has an interpretation, then it's out of order. We don't see that anymore. Simply because if people don't ask questions, I'm going to start dancing again. Oh my gosh. See, I might not be able to go live. I'm distracted. Aaron, Aaron was waving his gun around. Okay. I know it was empty, but oh my gosh. Okay. So we don't see that in today's church because the Holy Spirit, we've, we've put him in a box. We've said, we'll only allow you to flow Holy Spirit within these confines. Okay. This is particular scripture is not what you're referring to you can pray for the gift of tongues but that gift of tongues will be for the edification of the body and then a prophetic word interpretation needs to follow suit so you if you give a tongue you also need to be able to give that interpretation usually um, when a tongue is given there are more than one person in the um, room that can uh, prophetically speak on that tongue um so that's not your personal prayer language. So let's look at the personal prayer language scripture for you. It says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. That's Ephesians 6.18. Jude 1.20 says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Everyone has a prayer language, okay? Everybody does. Um, the first part of your question said, can the gift be taken from you? Can you lose the gift? Scripture in Romans 11, 20, uh, 29, no, excuse, yeah, eleven twenty nine says that for the gifts uh, and the calling of God are irrevocable. You can't lose a gift that God has given you. You can never lose the gift. Whatever he's called you and gifted you with, you'll not lose it. It's just like people who um, have um, been give, gifted as a teacher, right? Um, so what they do is they use their gifting of teaching, but they don't use it for the Lord. They use it in another way, to be a motivational speaker, to teach others about things that are not um, about the Lord. You see, you can be a gifted teacher and use that for the world, but you, you should ultimately always go back and use it for the body. For Christ right there are people who have talents singing I've talked about this before if you're a talented individual and you have a great voice God gave you that voice to be used for him not to be used for the world but what happens is I go I go back I always use the same ones Katy Perry Britney Spears a Britney Spears wasn't Britney Spears dad a pastor no 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 Jessica Simpson Katy Perry's dad Katy Perry's dad is uh, a pastor Pentecostal and Jessica Simpson's dad was a youth pastor, Baptist. Uh, both of them um, grew up in church. They were gifted. 
and they chose to use their gifts for for the world and you can see where that led them down the roads that they've gone down and they need to come back to the lord i think that any you know i use them as an example only because they grew up in the church but everybody who's been given a phenomenal voice god wants it to be used for him he gave them that that gift and talent to be used for him just like people who are highly intelligent um if you're highly intelligent then god gave you that brilliance to be used for him but a lot of times people think that they're so smart they they forget that it wasn't them that made them smart it was the lord that made them smart they become very prideful they think people are you know are beneath them or not that are not as smart as them that they're stupid and how could you not know those things well sorry but if god hadn't given you those brilliance then you'd be like me you'd be you'd be instead of looking down on someone like me you'd be uh sitting there going okay outside of god i wouldn't have this gift and and these talents um i'm looking at these things right now checking in here black robe is unusable right now okay what are we gonna do about black robe it is usable it is usable you're not you're not using it correctly victor <laughs> refresh they're saying refresh um so all the gifts that god's given you they're irrevocable here's the problem you can stop using them and that's what happens with a lot of people they stop using the gift they it's it's a choice whether to take that gift and to use it so you can stop using it you can choose never to, to take the gift that's been given to you you can walk away from god and not use that gift um at all like again katie perry britney spears both of them say they sang in church obviously they don't sing in church anymore or you can still use that gift and still not go to heaven i mean there are pastors and i mean we know we know of lots of pastors who've fallen to sin still in the pulpit preaching so all the while they're sinning if they if they had died in that state or are in that state currently they're not going to heaven so you can prophesy you can speak in tongues you can have those gifts and still not go to heaven and the scripture is very clear because in matthew 7 22 through 23 it says many will say to me in that day lord lord have we not prophesied in your name cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name and it's, it says and then i will declare to them i never knew you depart from me you worker of iniquity iniquity is sin so um it also says in the i think it's king james version it says you practice lawlessness so people will with these gifts they'll still not go to heaven um, because in the midst of having the gift they'll and, and practicing in it, they'll be living in sin as well. So um, what I strongly encourage you to do is, I mean, pray and see if God's given you the gift of healing, miracles, preaching, teaching, prophecy, um, speaking in tongues for the body. Pray and see if one of those gifts are yours but until but but if you don't have the gift of tongues for your personal prayer time that's what you really need to be seeking that's what's most important right now seek that first so i will just tell you when you have the gift of tongues it the revelation knowledge that opens up with that it uh, we we have some people in the church that just got filled with tongues and they've been there every day i i talk to them almost every day and they're like the world has opened up 
dramatically for me. The things that I hear, the voice, the voice of the Lord so clear, clearly, the revelation knowledge that I have since I've been um, filled with the Spirit, it's radically changed my, my walk with God. And I would tell you, get that first and then go after the rest. It, you'll be unstoppable, totally unstoppable. Next question. I recently found out my 25-year-old nephew is afraid of death and has been most of his life. I don't have much contact with him and never did as he lives in New Jersey. Can you suggest a long-distance approach on how to plant a seed? Any, mess, any passages, verses, movies, or a delicate approach? I don't want him to be afraid, and I would love to uh, see him come to know the Lord. He was raised Catholic, but not a practicing one. Well, he's, he's afraid of death because of the unknown, and he's uh, probably afraid of death because in, in each and every single one of us, if we're honestly truthful with ourselves, um, we know if we're living for the Lord or not. And we know that if we're not living for him, there's a possibility we're not going to heaven. And I can tell you this specifically because when I walked away from God, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind, it, it, even in my sinful state, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that I was not going to heaven. But it wasn't stopping me from living the life that I was le leading because you're, you, the scales get so thick that you're like, I guess just that's just the way it'll be you know um you think you're too far gone to come back and you're in the midst of having so much fun or what you think is fun for periods of time that you're like I don't want to give it up he, your nephew knows probably innately that if he dies today he's not going to heaven he will go to hell and what he doesn't know about hell still scares him he probably doesn't know the how how bad it will be if he does go to hell um but knowing that he will probably scares the uh, crap out of him which it should i will tell you that unless you have a relationship with him sending him something like books movies or whatever he's probably not going to read them he's not gonna it's not going to really mean anything because there's no real true relationship between you and him i will tell you there's people that i have relationships with that will give me a movie, they'll give me a book or whatever. I don't, I don't, when they give it to me, I tell them, the odds are I'm not reading it. Um, and it's not because I don't like them and it's not because I don't trust them. It's just I don't have a lot of time. And the time that I do have, I spend it in the Word. I, I'm not usually reading a book. The, when I'm listening to a teaching, it's usually a teaching that's like on YouTube that I've plugged into and I'm just, I listen to teachings all, pretty much all day long. Um, if I'm not reading the Bible, if I'm working or whatever, it's, it's the word some way, somehow. But I will tell you, without a strong relationship with somebody who is not saved, they're not going to receive it because they don't really care about what we're sending them. Um, and they have other things that they find to be way more important than that book or movie or whatever. And I don't doubt the sincerity behind what you're trying to do and you're trying to figure out a, an approach to penetrate this heart so that they that he can be saved so that he doesn't have to fear the unknown and what eternity has for him what I would say to you is you're gonna have to pray someone in 
it's like what I do with family members that I'm not around with around I am very concerned about a lot of family members because they're not saved I pray that people will be in their sphere of influence that is saved that somehow they'll gain trust with that person that somehow a word or a deed or something will open their heart up to them so that they can seek God through this person and find salvation through this person um, my brother huge influence when I was law when I was not saved I used to go to my brother's house he was so great for me because he never pushed anything on me um, he lived um, about an hour and a half from where I lived and every other weekend I would go to go to to visit him and his family never pushed anything on me and but and there had been a separation between the two of us so eventually he just knew through time he would get I would gain his trust and that's exactly what happened he was just always there talk about whatever and a lot of stuff he didn't want to talk about because I was wild you know and but he didn't say anything he just kept his mouth shut because I wasn't ready to receive it and then when the time was available and I had um, started trusting him with with saying certain things about God and things that's when the door opened so you can ask for God to have someone like that enter into his life trust God that that happens or you can be that person but the only way that's going to happen is um is if you start maybe sending it I just don't know what your relationship is with him if if you um could send him a text every now and then just saying I'm thinking about you then eventually you can make a phone call um so that communication so that there's a conversation if you contacted him he'd think you're crazy because there's no you don't have anything to conversate about if you text and say hey I just wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you um I know we don't talk very often but I think about you often and then you know start there and then then you know maybe two to three weeks just send another text say hey I just wanted to let you know I'm thinking about you if you ever want to talk or I wouldn't even say that on the second time I mean am I crazy you guys like am I right yeah I know people don't always like it if I talk to them but I'm just getting their opinion I mean very slow steps to earn trust um it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of effort my brother invested probably six months plus of just enduring me and every other weekend but thank God he did because he's one of the main reasons I mean I had a lot of people praying for me my parents friends were praying for me you can have your friends be praying for him too um, but make sure it's the ones that truly like they're really gonna pray when they say they're gonna pray um, I mean you can sit God on him but I understand your plight and I and it's rough knowing that there's a loved one out there that's living in fear but perfect love cast out all fear that's what the Bible says he needs Jesus and the only way for that to be eliminated out of his life is for him to get saved that's it so um, let's just you know let's just pray that someone comes across his path and that's what happens let me look and see what's going on here uh so victor you can't get black back on black robe now no is black robe down but oh victor not good 
that when is a good time to talk to kids about the book of Revelation? Who is Stealth? That's a great name. We're going to, hey, Stealth. Hey, Tracy, will you write that one down? We'll, um, we'll answer that question for you, buddy. When is the best time to talk to your kids about Revelation? Steffi Joy has a question. God bless. Victor E. If you, get, if you got married and were living a sinful lifestyle, then years later you both get saved. Should you remarry each other or will, you, or will your marriage be blessed anyway because you are now living right? Well, I can answer that one really, really quick. Okay. That one, my dear, is it doesn't matter if both of you are, it doesn't matter if you, one was saved and one wasn't. You're, 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 you don't need to remarry. When it said um, even like if you went to the justice of the peace, um, your marriage, it's a covenant between two people. And you made a commitment to one another. And in the eyes of God, uh, your marriage is, it's like when people um, afterwards get saved, they can't just divorce because they weren't saved when they got married, correct? Well, you have to stay married with whether you were saved or not before prior to being married, but you don't need to get remarried. I mean, lots of people go and do, uh, what do they call those? Something ceremonies, like a, a renewal ceremony. Is that what it's called? Renewing You're renewing your vows. Thank you. Somebody else asked that question. See, Aaron needs to be in here more often, um, except for no fart sounds. That's the great thing that Tracy's, Tracy's now in, in control. If you watch the podcast with Tom, Aaron actually was in control, so there was fart sounds. This won't be happening on this podcast. I, I laughed for a different reason. <laughs> Not because. Okay, so, okay, so wait a minute. We'll look up the, re, we'll look up the podcast and we'll put that in the, we'll put it in the, um, what do you call that? The chat, the, uh, you only want to do that on Black Robe, right? Okay, so in Rumble, we'll put what episode that was on for you, Steffi. But as far as God's concerned, your marriage is legit. And kudos, I'm glad you guys are saved. If you want to renew your vows, that's great. But you might not be talking about you. Steffi, you might not be talking to me. I don't know. I don't know with Steffi. I don't know. I know you. I know you personally, but I don't know if you were married um, and not saved at this at the time. You might be talking about a friend. But they are legitimately married and uh, legitimately married in the eyes of God, and they are blessed now. And uh, thank God, because most people don't ever get saved. So thank God for that. Next question, or is there any more? Weddings are too expensive. You're still joined together as your vows before God testifies to. Continue living right before it. Good answer, Victor. Very good. And tithe, absolutely. Very good answer, Victor. Props to you. Is the next one. The fart sounds were very funny. Jesus wins 2021's a female. Oh, I, I just talked to Anne-Marie on the phone this week. Anne-Marie. I'm never answering or calling you ever again. <laughs> so if you ever call the church, you're going to have to talk to Heather. You ain't talking to me. No more. How dare you. 
You're supposed to be a girl. You're on our side. For crying out loud. She's what? Yeah, he's Aaron, you're saying you're a human. You could be a human. Yes. <laughs> you could be a human and still not like the fart sounds. Farts are not funny to her. Heather, are farts funny? No. Heather was laughing at me. God bless. Logan, do you think farts are funny? Logan does. Tracy, do you think farts are funny? God bless. See? Okay, three out of towel. Okay, I have nothing to say. No, it's no, it's three girls against two. No, they do not. Anne Marie counts. Anne Marie. You're ruining my stats. Next question. Do you have any regrets in life or do you see them as life lessons? I think everyone can relate to this. See, for me, I have regrets. Life lessons are when, um, I think it's more funny seeing Pastor Tom laugh. Yeah, I agree. I, um, life lessons to me are when you don't make the choice. It's like what the scripture says, you'll face many trials in this lifetime, but you'll overcome them all. Um, those are, for me, can be life lessons because it's basically how did you respond to the adversity that came your way? Not that you created the adversity and then, you know, you keep going and you have to overcome the bad decision you made. I have lots of regrets, lots of regrets. Has God worked them for his good? Yeah, he has, but um, I could have the same exact life that I am having right now without having made so many bad choices and put myself through a lot of nonsense that just was completely unnecessary. Um, Like number one regret is deciding to see what the world had to offer versus just staying in the fold of being a Christian. Um, Like that was the dumbest and the worst choice I've ever made in my life. I'm going to ask the crew, how many of you guys have ever done that? Am I the, as like, Heather wasn't, didn't grow up in a Christian home, so that's probably not. You got saved and stuck, right? You saved and you didn't ever walk saved and stuck. Logan, you're newly saved. Okay, so saved, walked away, and came back. Tracy, saved and walked away and came back. Aaron, saved, walked away and came back, correct? Yeah, Aaron's like me. He grew up in a Christian home all his life. And then, but yours was short-lived. Very short-lived. And even when I was walking away, I was still watching messages. Yeah. Yeah. He was tithing and watching messages while he walked away, even though he knew he wasn't saved. Getting drunk, tithing. (laughs) That's crazy. Getting drunk, tithing, and watching messages. All the while, he knows he's not going to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the, here's the thing. I will tell you. There are a lot of people. I lo- you see, people don't like it sometimes that I talk to them, but there's great value in, in, in having other people give their responses sometimes. Because right there, Tra- uh, Travis, my nephew was in here a minute ago. Right there, Aaron, that, there are so many people that live that lifestyle right now, getting drunk, tithing, and watching or going to church, and they think they're heaven bound. But the word, Revelation says, uh, be hot or cold for the lukewarm I will spew out of my mouth. There is absolutely no way. What that means is either you're hot for him, cold and living like the devil, 
because you can't be both. You can't have a mixture of the two. And that's what basically most Christians today, because they're attending these lukewarm associated related churches, mumbo jumbo. And when I say associated related churches, the ARC, what I'm saying to you is you can be any denomination and these churches, no matter what the denomination is, they're buying their messages off of sermon.com. And those sermons are the most watered down, fluffy, tickle your ears, which the word clearly warns us against messages. I truly believe, and when this started happening like 10 plus years ago, and this, uh, we, me and Tom saw it in the church very early on. I told, I told Tom, that right there is going to be what happened helps the great apostasy the great falling away that hebrews talks about the great falling away i knew that teaching and that uh that type of um uh it's not a denomination i mean it is though because they have it, aaron says it's a cult <laughs> they say we're a cult um we're the best cult yeah um no it's the it that type of theology and teaching is so dangerous because it basically is come as you are and change not. That's not what the word says. When you repent, they don't even have the word repentance in their, in their salvation call. If they even have a salvation call at the end of their messages. It's, it's so dangerous. And lots of people don't know they're going to churches where they're, they're paying for these messages. The pastor's not even seeking the Holy Spirit out during the week to find out what the Holy Spirit would have for their congregation. They don't know that everything that that church does from the moment they walk in to the signs at the door to the moment they walk out, everything has been bought offline. It's so, so dangerous. I would strongly suggest everybody, like if they see, if they, if, if you go to your church, website oh there you go there you go that's it right there if you go um if you go to uh sermons.com look up whatever your church is preaching whatever the sermon series is uh look it up and see if it's been bought and paid for and then if it is get the heck out of that church run don't give because all you're giving is for them to give uh give um what is it say they, they, they you're helping them and enabling them to teach poor teaching it's dangerous um so whatever enough about that but serious so for me life lessons were not life lessons aren't things that i feel like uh i enabled to, to happen in my life those those are things that just come your way Regret for me is when I make a bad decision. And, I, and a lot of us have regret. A lot of us deal with that. But what do you do with that? I don't walk, away, I don't walk around, around with regret. I mean, I don't. There's things that I say I wish I never would have done. But I'm forgiven. So I don't walk around with shame. I don't walk around with my head held low. Uh, I walk around knowing that I'm victorious because my debt has been paid. I don't have to worry about that. Uh, that price was paid for me, so that regret is gone. I wish I never would have made those decisions, but I don't have to worry about them 
because it's um it's under the cross right i i have not i have nothing to be to be concerned about um and then i also know everything that comes my way life lesson or, or whatever whatever the situation is i don't have to worry about we've got a lot of things going on um with this church my house is a hot mess from the hurricane um there are other things uh with this church that we're having to walk through and work through and i don't worry about them because my steps are ordered god said that um if we obey him and if we trust him and um if we have faith the size of a mustard seed then everything's going to work out okay i don't sit and worry about it my faith is I have a, a measure of faith and it's whatever measure that I use it, that I will be able to handle the situation I am growing in my faith the measure that's been given to me so a lot of times I just don't worry about it it's not my it, this isn't this everything that's happening to us and everything we're all walking through there's many of us uh that have I mean there's people in this room right now that their houses were we're either destroyed or have major damage to and none of us sit there and fret about it and none of us sit there and let it overwhelm us we're just like okay god it's it's your business you promised me that whatever uh whatever i walk through that you'll see me to the other side and i'll win it's as simple as that so that's what's going to happen we just trust and we know that when it's all said and done if uh, the manna has to rain from heaven, then the manna will rain from heaven, and, and then we'll have what we need. That's just the way it is. Um, so no stress, no pressure. No matter what comes our way, we just trust God, and we know it's taken care of. And if there's anything, really, that you can impart to anybody is to live a stress-free a stress -free life. It's very clear. Uh, the word says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. If I care for the spirit, how much more do I care for you? And you do not, and it even says, you don't add a day to your life if you worry. And it also says that worry, worry leads to sin. So just don't even, it's not being lackadaisical and it's not being like uh, irresponsible if you're doing what you need to do, but through that process, you're not fearful through it. You just know that God's got it. Um, that's actually being biblical. So, but if you're doing nothing to resolve the problem and then you just think that somehow it's going to work itself out, well, that's crazy. That's not going to happen. It's like somebody who uh, needs a crop to be, you know, a harvest for them to live off of, like a farmer. He plants a crop. He has to do it by a certain time for it to mature and, uh, and, and have a harvest. Okay, that, when the harvest comes in, he sells that product and he lives off of it, Right. Well, that's crazy if you never plant the seed, but you expect the harvest. Okay, it don't work like that. You got to do your part. But through your part, you trust. Next question. How many minutes? I got 20 minutes. I'm doing good. Live works really good for me. I'm liking this. Tom was right. See, I'm going to tell you something. Tom, he's thought from day one we should go live. Let me see. Woke sermons. Victor is Brian. Victor is Brian. Oh, yeah, but is that my Brian that's been sending me? The, oh, hey, Brian. Um, let's see. Of course, Brian thinks farts are awesome. I've lost, you've lost all account of Yeah. 
you've lost all whatever. But um, what is that, Heather? Yeah, thank you. And Tracy. Really, Heather and Tracy are all that matters to me. And Norma's on my side, too. The closest people to me. The rest of them are not close. I don't care. They've lost any closeness with me. Oh, she's out. Oh, Talia's dad. Your dad does it? Oh, God bless. Toby, I love you. I got a guy on my team. Thank you, Toby. So, um, but Tom wanted me to go live. He thinks live's way better. Live's way better. We're going to find out. So far, I've answered way more questions live. I don't know why, but I have. So that's good. When people ask you for advice as a pastor, pastor's wife, what are the most brought up topics? It's what, you know, um, you know, it's what causes divorce the most in in a marriage. There's like four things that call are four things that people get divorced over. It's adultery, money. What are they? Adultery, money. Uh, look that up for me. I know it's not kids though. Maybe parenting, but I don't think it's parenting. In blended families, that might be it. But um, it's, no, it's four things. Violence, adultery, but no, there's four things that always come in here. Tom says them all the time, and they're, it's dead on, like what people get divorced over. Or they have marital issues over. It's, uh, but the two most, the most things that people ever want to have a sit down and talk about is marriage and money every single time and to me those are two easy things that you don't even need to like they should never be first of all money is should never be even a blip on the screen if you're tithing if you're tithing money is never an off an issue and i'm not saying giving giving is different than tithing way 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 different a lot of times people will will say we tithe but they only tithe a percentage of, and, and it's not even 10%. If they, if they bring in $800 a week, they give 20 to $30. No, if you get $800 a week, you give 80 But they think giving that, that giving equals tithing. It does not. It's totally different. You're not going to get the same return because your, your obedience level is not where it should be you feel like well I'm doing part of it or I'm doing it you're not doing it you're doing the part that you're comfortable with you're still in control and God wants to be in control of every aspect of your life if you can control somebody's purse then you have given up all control almost all the time in your life and that's what God wants he wants you to trust him in every aspect usually that's the purse strings I mean for me I grew up tithing, all, so for me, tithing has never been an issue at all. But for most people, tithing is the biggest problem they have of all. They can do almost everything else but tithe. Would you agree with that? Hands down. Hands down. I literally know of people who are not saved that understand this 
this concept and they tithe and they're not saved. But they know because a contract is a covenant is a contract and they know what that Bible says. So they their finances are super important to them and they want to make sure no matter what that their finances are secure. So they actually pay tithe even though they don't they don't they're not saved. They give a tithe. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's just like you. That's so true. <laughs> As he drunkenly gives. Um, but I, I know people who do not, they're not saved, but they understand this principle and they live like Kings. Yeah. But not just him. They live like Kings and, but they, they pay their tithes to make sure that the, because God's word, it's a covenant. It's the truth. He didn't say it only works for believers. It's not what the Bible says. It works for anybody who applies it, but most people will never tithe. The percentage, look up how, what the percentage is of people who give uh, to a church. It, it, back in the day, it was less than 10%. 5% of the church, and ours is, ours is higher than that, just so you know. Our, our church actually gives. Uh, the percentage is much higher than that, but they're also taught that. Just like Jonathan, when he got kicked out of that church because they didn't want him to hear the prosperity message, it's because the pastor doesn't preach the prosperity message. He's too afraid because the people will leave. What's the point in having them sit there if you're not giving them the understanding? You're, you're like doing a disservice to them. You're not financially teaching them how to live at the greatest level. It's very People will always think that you want their money. What you're trying to do is free them from money. Like so that they understand everything is like at the ha- their hand at, at their um, behest because of the understanding of what tithing does. But people people honestly believe that you're trying to take their money. You're not trying to take their money. Their money. You're trying to free them so that they can't have more than enough. That's what the Bible says. So let me uh, let's go to we'll go back to money in a minute. Let me see if there's anybody else. Oh, Victor is telling me something else, but I think it's a question, so I'm gonna have to wait on that. Um, so the one thing I don't meet with men, I never meet with men and counsel men at all, um, unless I'm with Tom. Uh, so I always usually meet with women, but the thing that I hear most from women is they want their husbands to be priest of the home. Uh, they want intimacy with their spouse. Um, and they want it, their husbands and their family to pay tithe. That's another thing that they want. But a lot of times women want the, the husband to be priest of their home and the husband's usually kind of like how he parents. If the, the husband that's uh, a husband that's usually very lackadaisical and his parenting skills um, kind of like real low key, real chill, um, a lot of times that's how he'll be the priest of his home. But women want somebody who takes charge. Women want somebody that they know that they can count on. Women want somebody who's reliable, somebody who's strong in their eyes. Here's the problem that I see is women will finally their husband will finally step up and do those things the woman resents it and then wants the power back and you can't have it both ways Um, because women then start 
questioning the decisions their husband makes because it wouldn't be the one that they would make. So now they fight them on that. That's where it says you have to submit to your husband. You're going to have to trust him. But most women want their husbands to be priests of their home because they women, whether they are honest or not, they truly want a strong man that they can count on, that they can trust, that they can feel safe with. There's safety in that. When a husband's a priest of their home, that he covers everything from the spiritual to the uh, physical aspects of things. The other thing is women want intimacy. And a lot of times intimacy is not there. And the, people think it's not, it's not common. Oh, it is so common. Um, a lot of times there's lack of intimacy because porn is heavily involved in the man's life. And when that's the case, there's really no interest in intimacy with um, a woman. Um, listen, women, you can't compete with porn. That's just the facts. Uh, it's not. It's 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 um, it's demonic. It's evil, and it's the highest. Like it's it's it. Isn't it the most money? Uh, the highest industry as far as what it makes it's the high yeah it is yeah it's the it's the high and and here's the thing it's free too which is crazy so it's the highest industry as far as money making and they also give it away for free so that it kind of addicted get you addicted like it's like crack exactly um but it causes major problems in a marriage because it's not real i mean it's not it's not how things really are. And so uh, it causes major problems for men. And women are getting as bad with porn as men are. And so we're going to see that it, it will truly affect a marriage on both sides of the aisle. And uh, that's how Satan is. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If he can, find, if he can destroy the family unit, um, which he is, with, with uh, divorce rates as high as they are now, um, in the Christian home as well as in the world, we are creating an environment for kids that is so unstable. And um, that's one of the reasons we're seeing rioting in the streets. There is a population of people who have, no, have never grown up with a man in the house. And so there's no real fear um, of consequence for actions. Usually the husband or the man in the home is the disciplinarian or the heavy and when that man is not there, I mean, statistics show that households that have no father, it's the likelihood of a, uh, a son going and having trouble um, with law enforcement is extremely high. And uh, girls being promiscuous at an, at an early age or even being promiscuous is extremely high. A man being in the house is vital. It is vital. So if for some reason you're thinking that maybe you can do it alone and you're frustrated and you're just tired and you're ready to give up on your marriage, I say don't do it. If you love your kids, don't do it. It will destroy them and that's Satan's plan. So do whatever you got to fix to fix the problem. But know this, that well, I can't, uh, covenant eyes is one of them. There's another one. It's like watchdog or something there's these porn websites are these these websites there's christian ones and then there's worldly ones to help um make you accountable 
so that if you look at it, then the person you're accountable knows that you've looked at porn and so they can hold you accountable to not do it again. They don't work. You can get around them. Don't, don't spend your money on them. It's a waste of time. If a man wants to look at it or if a woman wants to look at it, they're going to look at it. Let's look at tithing. Um, let's look at what the Bible says. Do not rob God. Um, that's in Malachi 3.11. Well, it's, it's more than 3.11. It's 8 through 11, 12. Yep, through 12 because I'm going to add 12 on there. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, so this is, the, the title of this says, do not rob God. That's in the Bible. That's what the title says. Will a man rob God? Yet you robbed me. But you say, in what way have I robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse. I personally would not want to be cursed. I, uh, I'll promise you that. For you have robbed me. And this is God saying, you have robbed him. You have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and there may be food in my house, that there may be food in my house. And, and try me now in this, says the Lord. So this is the only place in the Bible that God says to test him, to try him. And he says, uh, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's people when Tom or I or someone tells you to give tithes, we're not telling you so you give it to us. We could care. I could care less. It, your tithe's not going to change my life, okay? That's just the facts. It will change yours. For I, if, so says the Lord of hosts, try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. It will change your life. You should do it. You should try it. That's what he says. Try it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. That he's saying he is the devil. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. All the nations will call you blessed. So when, when, here's the thing. We are in crazy times, and it calls for radical measures. So maybe you should try tithing, which is not a radical measure. But here's the thing. The, Tom says this all the time. The people around us are going to wonder, why are we blessed? People uh, were having such hard times during COVID. Christians weren't. We were being blessed beyond measure. The tithers were, like, it, it was astounding people. I did better during COVID. Uh, we had increase. Everybody in this room, did you have increase? There ain't one person in this room that said that they did not get increase during COVID because we all know the principles and we all understand what tithing does. In the world that we're in right now, if you're not tithing, you better start doing it. You do not want to be under Biden's economy or the world's economy. You need to be in God's economy because others will say they will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. You want others to say, how in the world are you doing what you're doing? How is that working out for you? This is crazy. It doesn't work for me. Well, it doesn't work for you because you don't tithe. You don't understand the principle. You're not willing to tr test it and try it. And nothing will change for you until you do. That's just the way it is. Do not rob God. And let me tell you something on a separate note. There will be women out there. There are women that want a strong man. They want someone to be the priest of their home. And there are women out there that are married to men that are 
are strong men. They provide for their family. They tithe. They uh, are good fathers. They are men that that um, that are humble and modest, but are confident within themselves and know who they are in Christ. They know the word, and they don't care. You know, they're going to stand on the word. But there will be women, women. Oh, if your husband turns into this, becomes this, or is already this, and you have women in your life that resent that, talk bad about your husband, they put your husband down, they have nasty things to say about him because um, he's a strong man. They may call him cocky. They may say he's arrogant. If he's providing for your family and he's doing what God's word tells him to do and you're being a submissive wife and you have a good marriage and you're happy, or maybe you're not happy because you're learning how to walk in this, but you know that your household is trying to be a biblical household, don't listen to that woman that wants to put you down or put your husband down specifically. The reason she's doing that is because she probably lives in a house where her husband can't keep a job. He's a know-it-all. He doesn't, doesn't open the word, so he doesn't know the word. He acts cocky and arrogant, but it isn't in Christ. It's in his pride and in his nastiness. Her life is opposite of yours. And so because it's opposite of yours, she's envious or she's nasty about you and your life. I say if someone who wants to speak into your, I see it all the time. I've had people trying, when I first met Tom, people tried to tell us I would bring him things, I would do things for him. They were nasty about it. Um, but I wanted nothing to do with a marriage that looked like theirs, okay? Um, I would tell you, evaluate the fruit of the person that wants to speak negative or nasty about your husband or about your marriage or about your family. If their fruit stinks and it isn't anything that you would want, disregard it. In so much that if they continue to speak negatively and nasty, confront them, shut it down, and then if they don't honor your request, be gone. Do away with them. They're not a true friend. They're not a true friend. Um, and I see it. I see a lot of women who are miserable, miserable people. And they have a lot to say about a lot of people when they really need to be looking at their own home, focusing on their own home, and fixing that before they start dabbling in other people's private lives. It's really easy to, to evaluate and be critical and, uh, what's it? It says, take the plank out of your own eye before you look at the speck of another. That's really what they need to be doing. But so much fun to look at somebody else instead of looking at yours because that means you're going to have to get busy. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to fix your mess. It's so much more fun to look at somebody else's mess. The problem is, is you don't live in that person's house. You don't know how it really is. It's just the way you perceive it. And your perceptions can be very, very wrong. People need to mind their own business and do their own thing. And listen, if you're women, if your husband's stepping up, being the man of the house, he's honoring you, he's honoring God. If he fails sometimes, but he's trying to figure it out, applaud him the whole entire way and ignore your friends that are talking nasty. Ignore them. They're wrong. 
they're wrong and they're not friends so we have one second left I did it I did my first live by myself well not completely I had Aaron dancing behind me with a gun in his hands that could get, be reported to YouTube and I could get in trouble just kidding you think so uh, Tracy uh, I'm not listening to Tracy she doesn't know what she's talking about first and foremost the most important thing we do here is offer the opportunity for you to be saved or to get your life with God get your life right with God and at the end of the day that's all that matters here's the thing if you know somebody it may not be you but if you know somebody that's not saved you really really need to be uh, figuring out how you can every every single one of us knows somebody that's not saved and is lost and they need Jesus and that doesn't mean you bang down every single stinking door to try and get them saved you just wait patiently for the time to come or you pray someone in who will wait patiently for that time to come because unless Jesus draws them in you're an annoyance but all of us should be like going after it I have two little girls. Girlies, you want to come over here really quick? There's a lizard. Come on. They're trying to catch the lizard. He's not. Come here. These are my little prayer partners. They've been dying to come back. <laughs> Literally, they've been dying to come back. Right? We're live. Aren't these the cutest girls you've ever seen in your life? Go catch the lizard. Go. Okay. Every single one of us knows somebody. It's super important that we win the lost. Outside of that, and disciple believers. Outside of that, Jesus said we are to win the lost and disciple believers. Nothing else matters in this life. You can have as many cars as you want. You can have as many TVs as you want. You can have the biggest house. You can have the most toys. It's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. They can catch the lizard. It's irrelevant. At the end of the day, all that matters is are you winning the lost? Because that's what Jesus told us to do. Win the lost and disciple believers. If you're watching this podcast right now and you have walked away, or you've never known him, I'm giving you the opportunity. Along with the rest of us that are watching, we're going to stand, believe, and pray with you that you say this prayer. And please let us know if you do so that we can stand alongside with you. We can pray that you stick to it. Because just like the parable of the sower, Satan's coming. He's going to try and uproot you. We're going to stand with you that you just stick to your promise and your covenant and your and and your um, prayer that you will you know just find a good church you'll get plugged in you'll be discipled come here if you live in the area if you're like with a within a two-hour drive make the drive um, but do whatever you got to do to just stick to the commitment that you're making right now oh I like that I like that little thing that you made down there that's sweet say this prayer with me Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life right now. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. I ask you to help me to turn from my ways. Show me the things that I need to change. Whatever you say uh, um, is no to, I will not do. Whatever you say yes to, I will do. I thank you for dying on that cross, and I thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. If you don't know of a good church, write us. If, if, if we can, we will tell you of one that's near your area. 
to get plugged into um, because really you're going to get lost if you try and do it by yourself. When I got when I got myself right with God, I moved from Virginia all the way down to Florida. I left everything that I knew, my job that was a phenomenal job. I left all the friends that I had. I left it all behind so that I knew if I didn't do that, I would not stay saved because it would have been too tempting to go back to my old ways. Do whatever you have to do to make sure that it sticks because eternity matters. Heaven and hell is in the balance and it's that serious. So let us know. We'll be praying with you. We'll help you get discipled. Let us know if you got saved again. Super important. And I love you. You think we're going to do live next week? I think we might do live next week. If you loved it, let us know. Otherwise, we'll just go back to taping. Thank you. Have a great weekend. And I love you very much. Bye. Real talk. Real talk.